You are listening to the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denanyo, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 43, I am speaking with a technology professional and lawyer. This guest uses his technology background to lead an IT and legal department. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, today's guest is Devin Zito. Welcome to the podcast, Devin. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I typically start asking you to explain, you know, a little bit about yourself to the audience, but I want to mention that you and I went to law school together and graduated class of 2015 from Southern right. University Law Center. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I might have beat you by a semester. I, I was okay. in, I ended up graduating in the fall of 14. So Okay, okay. Well, you were there long enough for me to definitely remember you. I know I had a couple of classes with you. Um, Absolutely. Probably um probably several if I had to remember correctly. Yes, and your last name Zito is very memorable. <laughs> yes. So, all right. So, Devin, would you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Obviously, you guys know my name, Devin Zito. Currently, I am the Director of Information Services and Corporate Counsel for Assurance Financial Group, which is an independent mortgage banking company based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, with locations across the U.S. Personally, I'm married. I have three children, the oldest of which is a daughter of 23 who lives in Los Angeles. I have another daughter that's 14 in her freshman year of high school here in Baton Rouge, and then a son that is 11, soon to be 12, and a sixth grader. So it's, you know, full plate with work and home, but a lot of fun. Yeah. And are you originally from Baton Rouge? Yeah, I grew up right across the river from Baton Rouge in a small town called Port Allen, literally, uh, you know, a bridge ride across the river's I went to high school in Baton Rouge and have have really kind of been in this immediate area most of my life. Okay. So how did you get connected with Assurance Financial? So that is a really good question. So (laughs) what you probably remember or, or may know about me is that Prior to law school, I went to undergrad and and did my undergrad in a computer information systems program. Instead of going straight to law school, like my brain told me I was going to do and my original intentions were, I ended up starting a career in technology. And so finally got to the point about four and a half years later of starting my own company and running a, a managed IT company that did programming work. And so about a year into that, I was thinking, okay, how do I grow this business? And I, I remembered a conversation that I had with a, a guy that I met that had started a mortgage company. And so I called him up and said, hey, I, I knew you were um, looking for some software. You know, I hopped out of my other job and I'm running my own business now full time. You know, and he said, perfect timing. Let's do it. Let's talk. So my company wrote a piece of software that stayed around for about probably 10 or 12 years. Wow. But we wrote, you know, this web-based application for Assurance Financial way back then. And so my the first you know 10 years, I was friends with the owner and ultimately the guy who became our now COO and just kind of kept in touch with those folks. And, you know, we worked with them in capacity of my company and theirs supporting that software application for that amount of time. And, you know, just had kept a good relationship. And and so fast forward to, I ended up selling my company and then working for the company that purchased my company for four years. 
And then at the end of 2020, I left that company to, to move on with, uh, with new things and ran into the CEO, Kenny Hodges of Assurance. And he and I had lunch and he didn't even know that I had left my employment. And so started talking about what's going on, what are we doing? And he basically said, well, you know, would you ever come to work for Assurance? And I said, absolutely. And so that's kind of how we landed here. Okay. So congratulations on selling a business. I know it was probably really busy at the time, but um, a lot of people create companies, you know, to sell them. So um, for someone to see the value in it, to purchase it, that's, that's huge. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes, it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, an undertaking and a lot of fun and a lot of stress, but very worthwhile. Yeah. So did you take a sabbatical or a break from working while you attended law school or did you take evening classes or what? I did it. So I, um, my, yeah, my wife is fantastic and a great support <laughs> and has been forever to me. And, and so she was one of the impetus, if you will, to me finally deciding to do law school. So like I mentioned a little while ago, is it was my original intention going to undergrad was to go to law school. It's really all I wanted to do. Yeah. I just happened to found, find my way into this technology curriculum and, you know, it was the late nineties at the time and, you know, the dot-com boom was happening. So the mm-hmm. tech industry was big. There was a lot of jobs happening. And so it just, you know, I was like, well, maybe I need to try this. So fast forward to when I started thinking of, you know, business was, uh, you know, for me, it wasn't like, you know, my technology company wasn't, wasn't by any means an overnight success. Yeah. It took a while and it, you know, really took me probably about, about six years of doing it full time before I felt like, okay, I can breathe. I can think about other things. I can think about furthering my education. And so when I did, you know, my wife was very quick to say, Hey, you've always wanted to go to law school. You probably need to look into that. And so that's, that's what I did. Looked into law school, applied, um, yeah, studied. I I say studied loosely studied for the LSAT probably Mm -hmm. not nearly as much as I should have and took it and got accepted to Southern as as we all know. And so her request was, hey, look, I know Southern's got a fantastic night program and, you know, you're running your company and, and, you know, I had to keep doing that. That was very much part of our livelihood as a family. And so she was like, but if there's any way you could do it part-time day instead, that would be great. Because then, you know, at least you'd be at home at night, even if you're working or studying, but you'd be here. And so I was like, okay, sure. I'll give that a try. So I started, um, I started part-time in the day program. And that's probably why you and I had as many classes together as we did, because I was, you know, attending with regular traditional law students. So yeah, I I was not traditional by any means. I was, gosh, in my upper thirties with three kids and, you know, a 15 employee business. So it was a a stretch, but it, it happened. That's awesome. And I love that your wife was such a great encouragement and foundation for you to go. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. When I attended law school, I was actually 28 years old and I didn't look it because you certainly didn't look it. Oh, thank <laughs> I you. think I would have guessed, but um, similar to your story, I was working in corporate America and I was like, if you keep thinking about law school, go. Right. So I was, okay, one year passes, two years pass, four or five. And I was like, I'm still thinking about it. So I'm going to go. So sounds like it was similar for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Now you said it very easily. Oh, you know, dot com boom. Why not do websites? I can think that, but that doesn't mean I can write code, right? <laughs> did you yes. have any kind of foundation in information sciences? Did you used to take apart, you know, remotes or computers or anything? 
So yes, I um, so okay. I always had an interest in technology. It was just something that was fun and interesting to me. So while in undergrad, you know, bouncing around like many people do in degree programs, trying to figure out what am I going to do that's going to make me good enough grades to get into law school. That was my mm. mindset. I found this computer information systems program at Northwestern State University in, in Natchitoches, Louisiana. And so it was what it really was. The neat thing is it was, it was really a programming degree. So it really did have programming emphasis in the information systems world, yeah. but it was out of the college of business. So it wasn't, okay. you know, it wasn't computer science and a scientific degree. It was a business degree. So really I have a, huh. an undergrad in business with, you know, a majority of work in a information systems or programming world. So, so I did have that background. So yes. And my first my first four and a half years of full-time employment, I was actually a, either a software developer or a team lead on a software development okay. team. So yes, I, I actually did write code. You probably wouldn't want me to write any today, but I, I did do that. <laughs> well, it's, it's so much easier now. In fact, my website, they have all this like clean code where you just go in. It, it's really simple. It's like updating a MySpace page. It's like, yep. it's nice now. <laughs> See, I can't even think of the lingo to even talk about it. <laughs> So did you find that having your information systems background was a good foundation for law school? Did you find any similarities between the two studies? I did, you know, and I, and I didn't know this going into law school. It didn't, you know, it, I did enough research. I talked to lots of lawyers and, you know, it, I, I really, when I, I met with numerous lawyers that I knew in the professional world and, yeah. you know, from friends and family and, you know, most cases when I talked to them, I got one of two answers. You know, the first one was, why are you trying to go to law school? Run, go the other way, stay in technology. <laughs> Don't come here. This is not good. And then the other one was absolutely, you're going to be in a phenomenal spot in several years because you know, mm -hmm. pairing a technology background with a legal background, there's nobody out there doing that. So, so yeah. that was, you know, it was, there was nothing in between. It was either or, but you know, no, nothing really indicated that, you know, my background would be beneficial or not to the process of going through law school. So the first introduction I got to that, and I don't know, maybe we had the same writing class. I don't remember, but did you have Professor Shea for writing? I did. Yes. I forget what they call it now, but I came in as an out-of-state student and I did that little two or three week thing. And then I started law school and I had Professor James for writing. Uh, okay. So yeah, the pre-law course was- There um, you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she took us through the first couple of days and she had everybody introduce themselves and tell what their background was in. And she said, you know- ask the class, who's going to do the best in the class? And, you know, most people, huh. we all thought the English majors or the, you know, the people who had a heavy writing background. And so she was like, mm, it's probably going to be somebody with more of a, you know, a technical mindset. And, I, and I'm listening to her going, really? No way. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, <laughs> this isn't going to happen for me. But, you know, and, and again, much to, to the, the credit of what she was talking about and not necessarily to me, I ended up callying her class, you know, her, both of them, her classes. Okay. And, and so, but what it was about was that, that analytical reasoning and the, the idea behind what programming gives you, mm -hmm. uh, that's what you need when you're talking about legal analysis. So, yeah. And the formula of writing, you know, issue plus rule plus analysis equals your conclusion. That probably yep. was good for you as well. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't know that it just kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Okay. So you said that you spoke to a bunch of lawyers before attending law school. Do you have any lawyers in your family? 
uh, only only one, and I say loosely in my family. He's okay. he's my first cousin. He's uh, okay. He and I kind of grew up together, though, so more like brothers. So it's kind of funny. I kind of wanted to go to law school first. Mm-hmm. He ended up doing it first. So he graduated uh, in two thousand three, I think. But he's the only one. Okay. Was he one of the ones that was for or against law school? <laughs> no, he was all for it. He was okay. he was actually one that told me I, I would do great. Okay. So before we jump into your daily task at Assurance Financial, I want to hear a couple of details about your schedule now, right? So you mentioned being a husband, being a father, working at Assurance Financial, but you also say that you're a realtor, a adjunct professor. That's true too. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a solo practice. Yes. When do you have time for all of this stuff? So I will tell you the vast majority of my work is full time and I'm here often or working from home often or both. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the other things, especially in the, in the majority of the last, I guess, four to five months since I've been here have been focused on assurance. So the realtor position is, is kind of an afterthought for a, a project that I'm currently doing right now with uh, okay. selling our home and building a new home. So that was something that I undertook when I had that gap in employment between okay. 2020 and this job. So it was, it was really kind of more of one of those things like, Hey, this might be useful one day. And I know mm-hmm. it's going to be useful to this project. So I'm not, thankfully that's not taking a whole lot of my time. Okay. Uh, my solo law practice, I've really geared it more towards things that complement what I'm trying to do every day. So initially when I first started practicing law, so then I'll think back to passing the bar in early 2015 and, you know, hanging a shingle, so to speak, and not only running a tech company, but having a solo law practice. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of maintained it part-time, if you will, since then. Early on, I did a lot of family law work, a lot of custody work and okay. figured out that, okay, if I'm going to stay in this other realm with a technology career and doing other things, that's probably not going to lend itself very well to doing so. So I really kind of scaled back on the family law practice and started doing more things that are more transactional, more business related. You know, I have a few clients that I help with their contracts and their negotiations of agreements, et cetera. So that's what I've geared my private practice to, and really to something that can be done at any time. You know, I'm not necessarily beholden to a court date I have to have tomorrow or, you know, a status conference or something like that. So it, it helps to structure it that way. Other piece you mentioned, which is which is new. So in the the fall of 2020, I had run into Chancellor Pierre in the course of, of some other things I was doing in, yeah. with my previous job, and he and I knew each other, of course, from our time there. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Hey, I might have something that might be of interest to you." And so, sure enough, a couple of weeks later, he emails me and asks me if I wanted to teach a class. And I was like, "Wow, okay, I wasn't expecting that at all." <laughs> and, so he basically gave me the option of, of, of a few different classes. And I said, well, what am I going to teach? You know, and so I think it was one of them was family law. One of them was uh, torts. And I think contracts were the three. And so I said, well, if I'm going to hold true to what I said, I want my practice to be, I should teach contracts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, worked it out with the, the previous company that, you know, that I was still with that had bought my company and, you know, they agreed, hey, this is a fantastic opportunity. Yeah, go do it. And so I taught one class that fall. And I think what gave me that opportunity was COVID, you know, the the whole fact that it threw a big wrench into law school. And so, you know, having to have some in person and some virtual, it really brought on the need for additional adjunct professors. And that's kind of how I, how I landed there, I believe. And so 
I taught first year contracts, which was really, really interesting, you know, and, and to be on the other side of mm-hmm. the law school material is quite fascinating. And really, yeah. I can tell you, I learned a lot more from that perspective than I ever did as a law student. So yeah, so I'm it sure was, it was definitely worthwhile. And so you know, after the fall semester, and I figured out how to write an exam and I figured out how to grade exams and all of that stuff. And then going into the spring of 2021, I already knew that I was going to be you know, leaving that previous position. And I you know, didn't really have a plan for full-time employment yet. So I was like, you know, I've got time. Let me teach a class again if, if, okay. if SULC will have me. And so sure enough, I ended up teaching two sections of obligations in the spring. And mm. so that was challenging and fun. And the interesting part about that, it was entirely via Zoom. So while my first class was mostly in person, my my first semester, I should say, my second semester of two sections was entirely via Zoom. So then now I have to learn how to teach law school and then interact with law students over this virtual platform, which is really challenging. So that was fun. And then, you know, here we are now. And so I'm teaching one section of obligations this semester and I teach at night. So that's kind of how I manage that is to you know, it's after I'm done with my daytime duties and I can devote that hour and 15 minutes a couple of times a week. And so it works. Yeah. So I know I took obligations and I'm pretty sure that's a civil law course. I was trying to look up and see what that relates to for like the rest of the country, but I think it's just that it's a subset of contract law. It's contract. Okay. It's basically, you know, civil law, but law at that point. Okay. All right. Cool. I love that you've gone completely full circle with Southern. Awesome. Yeah, you know, when I, as I went through law school too, and even before that, I always thought maybe one day I would fall back to teaching, you know, undergrad or, you know, teaching law school or something. Mm-hmm. I just kind of thought about it as a later in life kind of thing. And then all of a sudden here I am going, wait, that's now I'm doing it now. That's yeah. unbelievable. I never thought that would be this soon. So it, I really have appreciated the opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah. And I mean, you have the experience to be able to share the stories with others and for them to learn from it. So why not now? I hope so. I hope that I am able to do them some service in their legal education. Absolutely. Okay. So at Assurance Financial, you are the Director of Information Services and Corporate Counsel. Yes. Do any of your days look the same? (laughs) So mostly so far, my days have been focused on the information services side. And that's Basically, because and, and I knew this going coming in is the, the plan was my plan, I should say, for my first 100 days, we're going to be to primarily focus on the information services side. Really, there were some projects that I inherited and some some other things that we initiatives, I should say, that needed to be brought to the, the forefront and implemented so that we can you know, get those out of the way and start becoming more efficient and working on new projects and things. Mm-hmm. So I've, I made it a point to focus heavily on the information technology side of my title, I should say. And yeah. then since, you know, the first 90 or so days were done, I have started looking at the other side. So there was no in-house counsel position prior to me being here. And I think the background that I bring gave the company the ability to say, okay, well, let's give this to someone who has the ability to to process both roles and let's build out those functions in the company and see where our needs take us over the next two to four years. And then we'll reevaluate. So 
the corporate counsel side has ramped up a little bit. I mean, obviously we have outside counsel, so it's engaging with outside counsel, helping to manage things from inside. It's all those things that corporate counsel should be, but you know, also to just think about how I can be effective in that role as well. So it's going to start ramping up and hopefully, you know, play a little bit more of a, a part in my day-to-day or, you know, closer to equal part in my day-to-day 2022. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you're enjoying the information services side as well. So yeah, I'm still a, I'm still a tech guy at heart. You know, I don't <laughs> think I'll ever, uh, ever lose that. Hopefully that will keep, you know, an older guy like me younger in, in my career for longer. So that's, yeah. that's what I, uh, I hope. Yeah, I'm sure it will. So as we wrap up here, is there anything that you would say to someone who's interested in going to law school, but they have very different interests or they, they kind of don't see themselves as a lawyer, but they're interested in law school? Absolutely. I think from my perspective, a legal education is invaluable. I think it's applicable to almost any industry and anything that I have done for me, obviously, but also that I've seen other industries maybe that I'm not in. It's just such a well-rounded, broad degree that it's almost universal. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you when I sold my company. So I, I finished law school in the late 2014 took the bar in February of 2015 and thank God passed it the first time because I did not want to do that again. That was absolutely (laughs) brutal. But so then I'm like, okay, now I've got this, you know, I've got this law license and this tech business and what am I doing? Like, what am I going to do? So it was really almost this identity crisis, you know? And so when I was approached about the business sale, it wasn't something I was looking for. It just kind of happened. Okay. most people thought, oh, he's selling his business. He's going to practice law. That's what he's doing. Yeah. And that was never really the intention. It wasn't that <laughs> I was opposed to that, but my, my biggest problem was I was making, and I don't mean this in a, in a bad way or exorbitant way, but I was making too good of money to stop doing the tech yeah. to go and, you know, practice law to make maybe half. I don't know. So yeah. it was, so that was a struggle, but partly why I just kind of accepted whatever cases came my way, because I I won't say I've tried a case. I've had hearings of, you know, examined witnesses on the stand and Mm -hmm. I've done some courtroom work. It was almost to say to myself that, Hey, you can do it. Yeah. You you can go do this, you know? And so, but then after that, taking a step back and thinking, okay, this, this non-traditional path is, is okay. And it, it actually might be, in a lot of cases, and after I've talked to enough people, might turn out to be a better path. Mm-hmm. And so embracing the fact that I got here in a non-traditional manner, why should I stop that now? You know, this is this is the way to go. So yeah, I think it's a differentiator in most cases. And yeah, there's uh, a lot of opportunity for people with law degrees. Yeah, absolutely. And you will not regret it, especially if you can get scholarships or grants. Very true. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Devin. I appreciate this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Do you have a great rest of the day? All right. You too. Uh-huh. Bye. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. While you are here, subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and tell a friend about this episode. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Bye.